Uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. Let's begin to read in verse 1. The words of Agur, the son of Jacob, even the prophecy. The man spake unto Ithiel, even to Ithiel and Ucal. Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up unto heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? I can tell you. I can answer that question tonight real easy. Amen. I know who done all that. Amen. It's the Lord God Almighty, and his son's name's Jesus. Amen. Verse 5. Uh, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust uh, in him. Have thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain and be seated tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for just another opportunity to be in your house tonight. Thank you for these dear people that have come. Lord, I pray that they'd receive a blessing from the service tonight. Uh, Lord, that you would help somebody that needs help, save somebody that needs salvation. And Lord, we're so grateful that salvation is free tonight. But it wasn't free, it was just paid for by Jesus, and we thank you for that. Lord, we ask tonight while we preach that you'd touch and anoint us afresh. And Lord, we believe we have the message for the hour tonight, but we certainly do stand in need of you. And beg of your help tonight, and just touch and anoint us afresh from heaven that we might leave out of here better than what we come in, and we'll give you the glory. Save that sinner's news tale for all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Proverbs chapter 30, we see the writer of this proverb. We think a lot of times that Solomon wrote all the Proverbs, but uh, he didn't. It tells us here in this chapter uh, that it was the words of a girl. And I'm really not sure who he is or what he is, but he did... Uh, uh, have some knowledge and read some things here uh, uh, and some things that he had noticed uh, and understood and that in this world. Uh, but in this passage that I read, he, especially when we get down to uh, verses 7 through 9, and that's where I want to focus at tonight, uh, really on one part, one part of that, but uh, he really just wanted uh, some things removed from him uh, and he didn't want poverty, nor did he want riches. And he had some reasons for that. He uh, wanted in that vanity and lies removed, but he didn't want riches uh, uh, because he said, if I'm full, I'm liable to deny thee and, and say, who is the Lord? And I'll be honest with you, that's true tonight. Amen. Uh, the Bible said those that will be rich, he said that they pierce themselves through uh, uh, with many sorrows, and they err uh, uh, from the faith. And there's a lot of people out there tonight that have got rich, and they have forgot uh, who the Lord is. Amen. 
Uh, they have forgot who God is because of their riches. And he said, Lord, don't let me be poor because I don't want to uh, deny you. Uh, uh, he said, I, I don't want, want that. He said, I don't want to uh, steal uh, uh, and take the name of my God in vain. But he started in verse 8, and this is really where I want to dwell at tonight. Uh, when he said, remove far from me vanity uh, and lies. And so if I could preach tonight, I, I want to preach on a thought uh, on remove from me. Uh, he said, I want you to remove some things from me, Lord. And here they were vanity and lies. Vanity is something that is worthless. Uh, whether it's worthless and whether it's vain actions or vain living, or whether it's vain talking, just something that is worthless. Uh, and to be honest with you, I, there's probably some worthless things in my life tonight that needs to be looked at. But he said, I don't want to lie either. Uh, I, I tell you, I really can't stand a liar. I'll be honest with you. A liar will steal from you and a thief will lie to you. Now they go hand in hand. Amen. I believe that tonight. Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Uh, being a liar, that's, that's, that's the old man. Uh, that's, that's the way that the old man would do things. Uh, uh, but here he said, just put off the old man uh, uh, and don't lie. Leviticus 19, as he laid out the Levitical law, he said, you shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. But here he just wanted some things removed. And I began to think about some things uh, in my life. And maybe some things in your life uh, that might need to be removed. Uh, number one tonight, some things that might need to be removed, first of all, is a doubt. Notice right here that he talks about in verse 5, uh, he said, every word of God is pure, he is a shield unto them that put their trust uh, uh, in Him. Uh, can I say tonight that me and you are to just trust God? Amen. Boy, that's easy for me to say, ain't it? Well, we've seen that this morning about how God being our help I, I, in the midst of all kinds of different situations uh, that we looked at. If He's going to be your help, you're going to have to trust Him. Well, boy, it's easy for me to stand up here when everything's good and everything's right and uh, nothing's going wrong and uh, for me to say you just need to trust God. But can I say tonight that one of the things that I wish that would be removed from my life and I won't go on I, I, is the very fact to doubt I, uh, and that the Lord. The word doubt simply means to waver or fluctuate on opinion. Do, do you fluctuate on whether you think God's going to take care of you or not? Do you doubt whether God's going to handle a situation? I, I, you say, well, you just don't know what I mean. Yeah, but I know God. Amen. See, I know Him tonight. I know what He's capable of. I, I, and I'm going to deal with this here in a minute. I'll just go ahead and deal with it now. I know what He's capable of because I know what that book says. I, but I also know what He's done in my life. Yes. So I know what He's capable of on some things. You say, what do you mean? When I say I know what he's capable of, I, there's some things that I don't even have a clue I, of what he's able to do tonight. 
I mean, he's able to do it. I mean, one of the things that me and you need to get to understand tonight uh, uh, is if, if, if we're going to doubt God, then we're going to doubt His power uh, and His ability to work tonight. Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He said that he can do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think. Preacher, do you really believe that? Yes, I really believe that tonight. Do I struggle to live by that? Yeah. I struggle to live by that. Because doubt will creep in and We'll wonder about can God really or will God, I guess, in one aspect. It's not that we don't believe God can. It's just a matter of do we believe that God would or will God do that? Will God work this thing out? Will God work this out in a timely manner I, I, before everything just falls apart and blows apart? And I, and I mean, we, we just want God to work it out in our time frame and in our way and by the way that we want it done. God don't always work that way. And we've seen that this morning with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 uh, when God had to tell him, my grace is sufficient for thee. And sometimes we want God to work it out. We, we doubt, we doubt his work. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I, I, there, there are times that I've even doubted uh, what God has done for me in the past. Oh, I, you know, oh, oh Slewfoot will jump out. There's a reason we call the devil Slewfoot. I mean, he's, he's dangerous and he's sneaky. Uh, and what I mean, he'll just he'll tell you all kinds of lies. He'll say, God really do that? Or was that all coincidental? Think about it for just a second. Has he ever done you that way? Maybe I'm the only one he does that way. Listen, there's been times that I have prayed and sought God. I, I, I've got along with God and talked to him. I, I, and listen, God moved. It had to be him. I, things just don't work out I, coincidentally most of the time. David said in Psalm 77, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. He said, I'll remember what you've done. But I think back and Satan will even jump up on your shoulder and he'll have you doubting what God's done for you in the past. Why do you think I write down a lot of things God does for me? I, want, I don't want to forget them. Amen. I like to look back to that little book that I've wrote some things down in uh, uh, where God has answered some prayers and I've watched Him move uh, uh, and I've seen Him do some things over the years uh, and I'll read that and every now and again I'll take that thing out and I'll look at it and I'll thank Him for it and it'll do something uh, in my heart. It'll strengthen me. Amen. That's what David said he was doing in Psalms chapter 77. He said, I will remember the works uh, uh, of the Lord. We need to remember what He's done need to remember what He's done for you tonight. How He saved you and that He keeps you. Uh, but all the times that you've found yourself uh, uh, at altar, whether here at home or somewhere else, you found yourself at altar asking God to move uh, and work, and He's done that. But yet without Him, why is that? Psalm 78 talks about the children of Israel when God brought them up out of Egypt, what He's done with them and brought them through the wilderness and brought them in out to the promised land. And in Psalm 78 it said this. It talked about them. It said, and forgot His work, forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them. You come to verse 32 and it said, For all this they sinned and believed not for His wondrous work. 
Some of you all ain't never tried the Lord. Bless your heart. You ought to try him tonight. You ought to just try him tonight. See, if he ain't real, I'm talking about to somebody that is saved uh, uh, and, and is trusting him as his Savior. Why don't you just try him tonight? I preached on that Wednesday night, oh, taste and see uh, uh, that the Lord is good. I mean, won't you just try? You ought to believe Him for His work. You ought to believe Him uh, for His word. What did He say in verse 5? Every word of God is pure. You ought to trust the word of God. Can I tell you tonight, He cares for you. He's a God in heaven that cares for us tonight. Man, he wants to do something in your life tonight uh, that is beyond what I can think and what you can think. He wants to do something with you and your wife and your children and your husband and your home. Uh, he's wanting to do something with y'all tonight. Just trust him. Trust his word. Lean on his word. Psalms 33 said, For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done uh, uh, in truth. The word of God is right. Well, would to God that we can, trying to get the world to see that the word of God is right, it, you, we're fighting a losing battle. But, but I, would, I would to God tonight that we could get saved people to see that it's right. I mean, just get church folk to believe that the word of God is right and read it and live by it and heed it and do it. I, I, I believe that it'd help you if you just believe it and do it tonight. Amen. I know it helped me. Amen. It does help me. But boy, we doubt his word sometimes. We, we believe part of it, but we just don't want to believe the other part. We'll believe when he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And we struggle with that sometimes. I mean, I believe in eternal security, but sometimes I looked up at heaven and said, God, are you really up there? Somewhere up there. Beyond the blue, I know you're up there. Yours coming today, he's going to roll back heaven and the whole world's going to find out that he's up there. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. You know why I'm looking forward to that day? I'm saved. Amen. The longer I live, the more I get tired of this life. I'll be honest with you. When I was in my 20s and in my 30s, leaving out of here wasn't too much on my mind. I'll just be honest with you. But boy, you get to start singing. You get to start singing that, that old song over there, Heaven Sounding Sweeter. Boy, it, it does sound sweeter. Because, boy, it's a perfect place. Brother Bob got to talk about this down in the, down in the prior room tonight. Ecclesiastes 12, uh, when it said, Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth before the evil days come. If, if we live long enough, we all going to grow old. I remember when me and my wife built our house. We've been in our house for 21 years. And uh, the gentleman that built our house uh, was probably... Roughly about my age then that I am now. And uh, he said, Mark, he said, uh, you're probably going to regret uh, putting your master bedroom upstairs. Now when I was 26 years old, uh, it, it didn't faze me to run up and down them steps at 26 years old. I'm 40, fix it, I'll turn 49 this year. In just a, in a few months, I'll turn 49. And you know, it's, it's going up them still ain't the problem. It's coming down. That's the problem. My ankles can't handle it. My left knee takes a beating coming back down them steps. You know why? I've got older, Brother Marvin. And Brother Bob mentioned this down there when he was talking about it. If we're going to do anything for the Lord, we need to do it now. Amen. While we can. 
while we can. But you know what that brings me to? You know what we doubt a lot of times? Not only God's work or His word if we ain't careful, but we'll doubt His will. We'll doubt His will for our life, even though that uh, He's proved Himself more than once what He wants us to do. We'll doubt that thing. We'll doubt that. Can I tell you tonight, the Bible said in Ephesians 5, he said, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm, I'm not a Calvinist. I'm really not. Calvinist believes that God has designed the whole life out in front of you. Uh, listen, I think God's got a way and a will for your life tonight. And, and the Calvinists will tell you that you're either going to get saved, either you've, been, either you've been chosen to be saved or you've been chosen to be lost. I'll just make it that simple tonight. And, and, and that God's got everything decided, the hyper-Calvinist. And, but I, I'm going to be honest tonight, you can do what you want to do. You can be saved and do what you want to do. Now he may beat the far out of you before it's over with, but you can still do what you want to do. Here's something I have learned in my life. Uh, the more you turn the Holy Spirit away and the more you quit listening to Him and the more you don't want anything to do with Him, He won't talk to you as much. That's right. he, just, he won't talk to you as much. He won't deal with you as much. And listen tonight, I don't want to doubt. I, I want that to be removed out of my life. Why, preacher? Because you can't get nothing done when you doubt the Lord. You ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going to do nothing for God when you're doubting Him. I hate doubt tonight. I want doubt removed. He said, remove far from me vanity and lies. Number two, what could be removed? Pride. You look in verses 11 through 14 down through here, and the Bible said there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that appear in their own eyes and yet not wash from their filthiness. There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. What are you talking about prideful? There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Pride. In these verses here, he's talking about the prideful people. Those that, first of all, he said, there's a generation that curseth their father and, and doth not bless their mother. Boy, I thank God for my mom and dad. And the older I get, the more I thank God for them. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm glad that I had a Christian mom and a Christian dad. And I'm glad they made us go to church. I, I, I'm glad my mother was praying that she'd know that her children were saved the night that I got saved. I, I, I'm glad for my mom and dad I, I, because of what they trained us and taught us. I, they weren't perfect in everything, but thanks be unto God I, for a mom and dad that loved the Lord tonight. Amen. And let me say this, you ought to just be thankful if you had a mom and dad tonight. You know, the Bible talks about in Ephesians 1, 6, excuse me, in verse 1, he said, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. I think you ought to honor mom and dad. I do. I think you ought to honor them. Best way that you can. You know, it is a sign of the times, of the end time, when, 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 when folk will not obey their parents. Second Timothy, he said this when it talks about this know also that in the last day perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Let me say this to young people tonight. You're listening to mom and dad. You're to obey mom and dad. 
Especially if it's fit in the Lord and right in the Lord. Knows what he's saying. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, there's, there's a lot of children. There's a lot of children probably being told to do some wrong things uh, uh, by their parents tonight. Shame on, shame on mom and dad that would have their children do wrong things. Amen. But you only get one mom and one dad. You only get one. But there's a reason I call and talk to my dad every day. Like I say, I do give him a break from me on the weekends. I do. I give him a break. And I do not ever want to regret and say, boy, I wish I would have. I've heard too many people say that over the years. Boy, I wish I would have when I had time or I could have or that I should have. I'm trying not to say that. You may regret some things. I'm going to regret some things as it is. I already regret some things. You know, you start to get my age, and, and I'm at that point where I can look back and look forward at the same time Brother Jeff talks about sometimes. And I can look back and, and I regret some things. I regret some of the ways that I treated my mom and my dad, that I talked to them, and what I thought about them over the years, and, and, and I regret that stuff. You can't change that. So let me encourage you to honor mom and dad now. Amen. Amen. That's good, ain't it, church? But he, he said right here that they what? In verse 12, they were pure and were not washed. They had lofty eyes and lifted up eyelids in verse 13. Verse 14, they thought they were better than others. And that's pride at its best, if I can say it that way. There is one thing that I hate in my life and do not like it, and that's pride. You know, pride is defined as an inordinate self-esteem, an unreasonable conceit of one's own superiority in talents, Beauty, wealth, accomplishments, rank, or elevation in life. It is a what? It is an unreasonable conceit. Pride will make you think about yourself before you think about others. Pride will make you serve yourself before you serve the Lord. Pride will drive a wedge in families. Pride will drive a wedge in marriages uh, because you won't say I'm sorry. Uh, pride will drive a wedge in churches. It'll get between preachers and congregation. Uh, it'll get between folk and the congregation. Amen. In Luke 17, he said this in verse 7. But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he is come from the field, go set down to meat? And will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. 
So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded of you, which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. When you when I look at that verse, these verses here, and, and I think that I've done a good job preaching, or I've been a good pastor. Or, or boy, I'm doing my job by going to the nursing home or I'm making all these radio broadcasts and boy, we're getting the gospel out and boy, God must think something of me. He said, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Boy, I'll, I'll take the wind out of you, sail. That, that, that'll let you bloom. That'll let the already bloom on it. I mean, to really say that about ourselves too. You say, well, you're, you're being hard on yourself. No, I'm just saying tonight that we have got to guard ourselves from pride. Amen. And boy, would to God that He would show us when it sneaks in on us. Why? Proverbs 16, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 28, He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. I must be trusting him, that's for sure. I hate pride. I, I do, I hate it. I hate to see it in my life, and I hate to see it in yours. God, God's not going to use somebody that's prideful. He ain't going to do it. I, I had a preacher call me, what was it, just a couple of, a couple of days ago, I guess. And a church that he used to pastor, they called him. They needed some help. And man, that church is in a mess. I mean just a mess. And, and without getting into a whole lot of it, because we'd be here all night trying to tell that story, it boils down to pride. That's... Pride works its way in to everything, don't it? Because you know, you know what will happen? Uh, pride will keep us from getting right with the Lord. It will. Pride will, pride will keep us from, from taking the blame when it's our fault. For us to say in our heart, boy, I messed it up right there. Well, we have a hard time saying that, don't we? We have a hard time saying, I messed it up. Well, preacher, I didn't mess it up right there. Maybe you didn't, I don't know. I know one of the hardest things I ever read in this book right here, one of the hardest things is when Paul was telling the church over there, he, he said, why are you going to law before unbelievers? They were suing each other, and then they were going to court before unbelievers. He said, first of all, he said, can't you take somebody that is the least in the church and let them judge the situation that is before you all? And he said, he said, but before you go to law, before unbelievers, here's what he said, suffer the wrong. He said, be defrauded of yourself. In other words, take the wrong and move on. That's a hard thing to swallow. Why? Pride won't let us do that. Well, bless God, I'm going to show them. Well, okay, show them. You may lose your testimony in the process trying to show them. 
You may be right. I mean, you may be dead right. But you may lose everything in the process of trying to... I remember when I was learning to drive years ago, and Daddy was teaching me. And got to where he'd let me drive, and I'd drive a little bit, and he'd say, okay, now watch this person over here. I said, well, Daddy, I got the right away. He said, yeah, you got the right away, but you got the right to get dead too. Tend to remember some of that stuff. You know, you may be right, but you may lose everything in the process trying to prove you're right. And let God settle it out. Number three tonight. Lord, remove from me, remove from me doubt, remove from me pride, but then remove from me the desire of this world. You look in verses 8 and 9, what I read. He didn't want to be poor, but he didn't want to be rich. Why? Because either one of them was going to take him away from the Lord. That's what he was afraid of. He, he was afraid to be rich because I might say, who's the Lord? And he was afraid to be poor because I might still take the Lord's name vain. He didn't want to get away from God. Can I tell you tonight what... What this world is going to do to us, if, if, if we keep desiring it and want it tonight, it's just going to take us away from the Lord tonight. Amen. We'll look in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Starting in verse 24. Matthew 6. Boy, Matthew 5 don't read the same as Matthew 6. Matthew 6 verse 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right, you, you can't serve God in this world at the same time. It, you, you can't do it. You either love one and hate the other. But you can't serve both of them. Verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. That's a big statement. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat, the body than the raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet, and, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Can I, can I stop right here? Can I stop right here? And, and we read over that, or I read over it. Maybe you don't. I read over that. That's a big statement. Do, do you really realize how Solomon was arrayed? All the glory that Solomon had in Israel. And when the Queen of Sheba come over there, she said, Solomon... She said, the height ain't even never been told about what you've got going on over here. I mean, he, he was arrayed and, and, and magnified and honored and glorified more than any other king. And the Lord said, he said, look at the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say knew that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Man, he built the house of God, built his house. And with all the gold, and, 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 and man, if, if you could just go over and read about how, how he built the house of God and, 
and 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 the chapters and and, and the things that was on the, on top of those posts and and things that only God was going to be able to see in the tabernacle and in the temple. Verse thirty. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is which today is, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So we go back to doubting, don't we? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. He's talking about the world. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But here it is. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for, tomorrow, for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. After he tells them all these things. After he says, you, you know, has God not handled this? Has God not took care of this? Has God's work not done this? And, and, and really, this, this, is a, this is a synopsis of, of just faith. Uh, uh, this is a synopsis of doubt. Uh, uh, this is a synopsis of God's work uh, uh, and His Word and what He said. But look in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So get His work, His will, His way. Get away from the desire of this world. And he said, and all these things shall be added unto you. God will take care of what you need if you'll just take care of what he's asking you to do. Psalms 39, the writer said, Surely every man walketh in a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches and knoweth not who shall gather them. A lot of folk are more concerned about getting the things of this world and at the end of it all, we, we gather it all up and we're like Solomon. I know Solomon didn't write this, but we're like Solomon. We wonder who's going to get it. And the psalmist asked the same question or said the same thing. And knoweth not who shall gather them. In Luke 10, Martha was so cumbered about service that she missed out sitting at Jesus' feet. In the book of Philippians, Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark, or press toward the pri- mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, Those things that are behind are behind. And I'm looking forward to serving Jesus Christ. What I want removed, what I want removed is doubt and pride and the desires of this world. So that I can go on and serve Christ. Let's bow our heads tonight if we would.